0: Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available
1: for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, welcome into the Sweaters Forever podcast. It's brought to you by the Choctaw Casino and Resort. Welcome to Choctaw Casino and Resort Durant, the ultimate destination for exciting gaming and live entertainment, exclusively for everyone and that's kind of the, the, the motto of the sweaters forever podcast yeah man exclusively for everyone you know we're uh the stars fan base is a very what feels like an exclusive but very passionate group huge passion but it is for everyone as well we're trying to grow this game and we're trying to grow the knowledge especially here in dallas fort worth but across the country as well you know Shippy, Stars fans everywhere
0: get rid of the all-star break Seriously, (laughs) I can. I want to see my NHL hockey. I I like the skills competition. I like what's going on. I appreciate the three on three. I really like the female skaters that they're integrating. Yeah. Uh, You know, the inclusion and the fact that if, if for people who have never seen, um, female hockey, it is an amazing brand, and I thought one of the great games that I've seen in years was USA yes! versus Canada. I was
1: just about to bring that up. That was crazy I, good. I was locked into yeah. that game.
0: So I love... And uh, Jamie Alexiak's sister, Penny? Penny is an Olympic swimmer. Swimmer! Okay. Yeah. Who, yeah. Somebody's... Oh, Phil Kessel's Phil Kessel, yeah. Sister, yeah. that's yeah. who it was. Yeah. I He's, knew somebody. She, she's great, and you know, uh, they have great speed on the ice, the goaltending's sharp, so I, you know... I'm excited. I think it's a great job by the NHL in including the females into the skills competition, and and they don't have to do that. They don't have an association, yeah. But it just grows the brand of hockey, and you know, female hockey is such on the rise. I'm, I'm loving that colleges are developing major Division One programs for not just males but also females. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the stars have done an amazing job locally. Um, yeah. You know, introducing the game not just to males but to females. So. Uh, Hockey is very good about uh, the inclusion. So, you know, yeah, I'm excited about All-Star Weekend, but (laughs) there's a little lull for me going on right now.
1: Yeah, and we'll talk about Penny Alexiak on our other podcast, Swimmers Forever. (laughs) But for this one, we'll stick to hockey. Um, let's talk about the Dallas Stars here. You know, they didn't go into the break quite as you would hope. Oh,
0: man. You know, there's really not a worse. Bags were packed, (laughs) Shabby.
1: Yeah, it's like they forgot that last game was uh, on the schedule because it was just a putrid effort. effort. Yeah. And obviously they got run out of the gym or the arena, whatever you want to call it. 7-0 against the Minnesota Wild. Um, We're not going to nitpick that game uh, because just, you know, the body of work. The first half of the season, to me, Overall looking at it was very successful in my opinion especially considering all the adversity that this team faced because you don't even just think about you know Jim Montgomery you know stepping down or getting fired or whatever you think about that you were missing Klingberg for for a while you know you you weren't getting your top production from the top line and here's of late you're still not really getting that you know the production that you'd like from those top 3 forwards let's go ahead and talk about the lack of scoring that the Dallas Stars have kind of exhibited over the past you know, a couple of weeks, and it really starts with that first that top line. The Ben Sagan Radulov—they're just not clicking. It seems like.
0: So if I'm Rick Bonus, one of the things we talked about on previous uh, Sweaters Forever podcasts mm-hmm. is I liked how he kept the lines the way they were, yeah. especially because they were working so well. Uh, I felt as though at times Jim Montgomery kind of had a little bit of a quick trigger finger, but at the same time, um, I've seen the number one line. Stars fans aren't going to like me saying this. Maybe it's the bonus defensive brand of hockey. Mm -hmm. But to me, this is not a first line. This is not an elite scoring line. And this is not a line that, for a defensive pairing standpoint, if I'm the visitor, I'm like, you have to stop them. Yeah. They I'm have a, that capability. Though. They have that capability, but it's just too much of a roller coaster yeah, ride.
1: Yeah, agreed. And and you know what I kind of was just thinking about when you brought that up is I wonder how much of that has to do with shifting Sagan back to center. Remember I talked about talking with Monty back when he was still the head coach and he mentioned, "Hey, I love having Sagan on the right wing because it frees him up. He's got less responsibility defensively and we need him to score." Yeah. I wonder if that's something that this team and Rick Bonus you know, over this break needs to consider is maybe breaking up that top line and moving Sagan back to a wing. Not because he's incapable of playing center, but just because it's not working right now. They need goals. They, they got shut out and they scored one goal in their final two games heading into the break.
0: And yeah, It's a huge issue and you lost to two teams that were kind of desperate. I mean, Minnesota and Buffalo, they're not bad teams, mm-hmm. but those are winnable games. Yes. And the problem is, is as you come off the All-Star break... You play the Tampa Bay Lightning. Right. That's then you play the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. Then you go to what I feel is one of the tougher road trips where you play the Devils, Rangers and Islanders. Close mm-hmm. proximity, but uh those are all, you know, Devils have been struggling, but always tough to get, you know. They they turned it
1: around them. after they fired their yeah, they coach, did, in, you yeah. know, and um, once they got rid of uh, Taylor Hall, they that that team really started yeah. playing well. Blake, we've yeah, we've Blake talked about Coleman. Blake Coleman he's on been this podcast. Yeah. yeah, he's
0: you know playing old kid. He's 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 crushing it in New Jersey. But so. I just feel as though this is a pivotal point. Like mm-hmm. which stars team is going to come out of the gate? Right, and it starts with that first line. That first line is you know meant to generate that that scoring or at least put pressure on the defense mm-hmm. and. I just feel as though bonus has to go in and break these guys up Yeah, and I, at, at this point. I mean, you know, at, to me, it's like throw around the six players, maybe throw in some Jason Dickinson love, mm-hmm. and let's see what we can get out of it because, you know, even Hintz and Gurionov now are starting to struggle a little bit.
1: Yeah, and I liked, you know, when uh, Dickinson was centering that line of it would be Ben, Dickinson, and Sagan. Yeah. And I had a huge
0: issue with Gurionov being put down as a fourth liner. I, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I just didn't understand. Yeah, he might have had a bad game, and oh, yeah, he scored that game. You know, and then he had a bad game. But it's like, players are going to have bad games. Right. But how often have you seen Jamie Ben dropped? Not that often. One time down to the third line and then made his way back up. Right? What about Joe Pavelski? Yeah. You know, I mean those are the names, those are the veterans, and why aren't you dropping those guys more? Yeah. And so I, I, I you know, personally And those were moves made with Montgomery at yeah, head coach. Yeah. Yeah, you know? absolutely. So I get the defensive brand of hockey, right. but I need some offense and I need it immediately because now you're going up against teams in Tampa and Toronto that easily put four and five on the board. Mm-hmm. So you're going to rely on your goaltenders probably more than you have all season long for those two games. And they've really relied on those guys, you know, to Too this much. point. Exactly. Yeah. And
1: yeah. that's part of the brand of hockey that they're playing. But at the same time, you can't continue to just. No. You can't continue, you know, with how many games are left in the season? About forty, something yeah. like that. You can't for this final stretch, the second half of the season, you can't just sit here and go, I need you to stand on your head every single game. I need you to steal these games for us. Yeah. You know, and so and what's the point if, if they have to do that if you're playing this defensive brand of hockey, why are you playing that brand? If you know you're still if they're still getting quality chances and they're still, you know, establishing a ton of time in your zone and they're putting a lot of pressure on you.
0: I don't know if Bishop and Hudobin have had many games where um, there have been easy games. I I feel like they're under more pressure than the opposition a lot of times, and they have to come up big. So those games, they don't come up big. Mm. Um, The Stars just can't get anything going offensively to kind of cover for not a great game by the goaltender. I mean, your goaltenders are going to give up three and four occasionally. And that, in those games, you have to score five. Yeah. So I also think, like, you know, that first period in Colorado, I thought the Stars got away with two points on the road against Colorado. Yeah, yes. I thought they were outplayed the first period and a half. The first period was extremely disturbing how bad that was. Mm-hmm. Um. They ended up winning, and I appreciate the comeback kids. But when you fall behind, you're not going to be able to come back every single game. Especially come
1: playoff time, when the ice kind of shrinks and everything, you know, I think it's more difficult during the playoffs.
0: Yeah, and I think the other thing, let's go back to that first line. Mm -hmm. Let's just talk about the team in general. Who is going to step up? And I think that's been one of the issues for the Stars for a number of years, is you see players on teams say, get me the puck, this is mine. Right. Or you see a goalie stand on his head and steal a game. When was the last time we thought that a forward for the Stars just outright dominated a game and couldn't be stopped?
1: Now, a whole game, I don't have a good answer for you. I can only think of certain stretches, and I think of the Jamie Benn game in Winnipeg. Yeah. You know, where he throws that massive hit on Shifley, takes the puck down, scores, you know? Other than
0: that, I don't really, I can't really think of the off Minnesota game, yes. which turned around yes. the season, well, was f- impressive. But I mean, we're having to kind of deep think this, and you know, I
1: and was that Dickinson with a with a similar goal a couple weeks ago as well? Where he's kind of falling towards the ice. I can't remember yeah, where they were playing. Yeah, yeah. But Dickinson did score. He one had a very like
0: similar goal to that Rangeloff yeah. goal. Yeah, so. I, I think it's the fact that we have to think about it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I just want some consistency. <laughs> I want some consistency. Whoever's on the first or second line. And, you know, I mean, you even break down to the third and fourth lines. I mean, you got to get goals that way, too. Yeah, You got to scratch, you got to claw. And those are the guys that should be putting pressure on the defense. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's it's just it's not happening right now. And therefore, when the trade deadline, which is nearing just a few weeks away. One month from today. I absolutely there has been some talk, you know, when people talk NHL and stars about picking up a defenseman. I don't understand why you'd want to pick up a defenseman with Steven Johns back in the lineup. Yeah. Um, you have healthy defensemen, and you have a real solid defensive core. In fact, your healthy scratch has been playing most of the season, whoever it may be that night. Yeah. What I'm saying is, is go get me a forward. And if that means someone has to sit, then that's tough, but... I can't lose seven to nothing. I can't lose four to one. Right. I, You know, I barely scratch out a win in Colorado. Yeah, it's good always to win on the road, but, you know, you got to show me some offensive firepower. And and you knew there were certain teams in the NHL. Colorado, a perfect example. Mm-hmm. Like, did we really think Colorado was going to have an awful year? Did we really think Tampa, you know, who for, who? Was I thought, for a while, it's like, wait, what's going on in Tampa? What's going on in Colorado? Yeah but those teams just had too much offensive firepower you almost knew it was coming around same thing with Toronto mm-hmm. with Austin Matthews yeah. and you know the players they have it's like hey what's going on you know I just don't see it with this Stars team and it's frustrating it's like I want to say oh what's going on here and it's just like I need someone to take the team on their shoulders I like how Jamie Ben has become more physical I think that mm-hmm. Has shown the team, let's go, we can do this. It's been a real like attitude adjustment with
1: how he's been playing. Yeah, you know, not like yeah. attitude in terms of like how much he cares or whatever, but you can tell when he's out on the ice. You know, he makes his presence felt. He's finishing his checks. He's you know forechecking
0: well. He's he's doing what old Jamie Ben did. Yeah, you know, and which that, is really encouraging to see. And that said, they're third in the Central, which gets them into the playoffs. The mm-hmm. first round uh, tilt against Colorado, which Ugh. is. I think like people are like, well, we beat Colorado in every game this year. I think you and I are like, no, let's avoid that yeah, one. Yeah, I do not. Yeah, and I had them going into the year as a wild card, mm-hmm. so I didn't think they could get in the top three. I thought Nashville would be better, um, but you do have Chicago creeping up, um, and what we have talked about that is a concern of mine is the Pacific Division because – that is the best division in hockey right now for me, and we don't get to see them much because they play on the West Coast. Right. But pick the day and Vancouver, Arizona, uh, Vancouver, Arizona. You got Edmonton,
1: Edmonton, Calgary's Calgary, third, and then you got Arizona and Vegas are, yeah. the, are the two wild card spots. Yeah, Vegas. And looking at that whole playoff picture, just looking at it, I think Vancouver is the team I would most want to play. <laughs> like if you picked, if you hand picked an opponent. I think their youth, you know, I think that they would have the edge there. The Stars would have the edge there. But I look at Colorado like you just mentioned. I don't want to play Colorado. I don't want to play Colorado. (laughs) I don't want to play Colorado. Calgary, I'd be okay with playing Calgary. I'd be okay with playing Calgary. Edmonton, not really interested in seeing Dreisaitl and McDavid in a seven-game series. No, no, no. Arizona, I I feel pretty good about that. But I think that's a tricky team, and I think that's a team that gives the Stars a lot of matchup issues. It does give
0: them matchup issues, but you know, I'm okay with that matchup. And
1: then you got Vegas, which mm. I really don't want to see Vegas. I, mean, I don't want to see Marc-Andre Fleury no, no, ever in no, a playoff no. series.
0: We, we don't need Ryan Reeves skating around like, oh my like gosh. we saw blowing, a couple years blowing ago. Blowing kisses at St. Louis. to the bench. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he just clowned them. playoff Ryan Reeves takes it to another level.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and like whatever love I have for him as a player and like yeah. just the way that he plays, it just goes totally out the window when <laughs> that when you're playing him seven times. In a series you know like it just god he gets under my skin yeah and I don't yeah. even play like I'm just watching I've other than just being from Dallas and being a Stars yeah. fan growing up I like don't have anything going on with it like and he gets under my skin so I can't I, imagine playing against
0: him I love how he relishes the opportunity I was just oh to he him. loves it you know and they were talking about uh him versus evander Kane and you know, he brought up, he's like, we've hated each other since junior hockey. Yeah. And the announcers were like, wait, that's like 17. He's like, yeah. He's like, but yeah. we need more rivalry in hockey. He goes, I just don't think there's enough of them. So it's good that we have this yeah. one. And we jaw back and forth. And, uh, you know, uh, 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 they uh, Kane called him a doughboy. So, oh, yeah. so Reeves for Halloween dresses up yeah. as a baker. You know, as a doughboy and puts it as Twitter avatar. So So, good. You know, having fun with it. And that you know what? That makes the game. Uh so anytime San Jose and Vegas, I always look at those. Yeah. You know, what's gonna happen when they're on the ice. But yeah, the Pacific's a problem. It hasn't been a problem in the past, but it's a problem this year because, you know, if two of those teams happen to sneak into the wild card, then you gotta be in the top three. And, you know, I guess they've exceeded my expectations because, like I said, I thought they were going to be a wild card team. But I am greatly concerned that if this scoring does not improve, Mm -hmm. I don't know at this point. I mean, it's just you can't win the games one nothing, two nothing, two one. Right? It's just there are going to be too many teams with firepower.
1: Yeah, and so I mean, we just brought it up a second ago. You got a month until the trade deadline. Stephen Johns returned and, you know, it was good to see him playing Stephen Johns' brand of hockey because that was something we talked about, well, how is he going to return? Is he still going to be as physical? Like, is he going to be the same player? Because that's, I mean, I'm just trying to think of, you know, Stephen Johns, just how weird that must have been to finally be back out on the ice after all that time off, like in an NHL game, you know, not an AHL kind of tune-up, like in an NHL game. And I was really impressed with the way that he returned and... You know, health permitting, I was very encouraged by what I saw from him on the ice.
0: It's it's exhilarating, it's it's very inspirational. Yes. Um my question is is why didn't that fire up his teammates a little bit more? You know, I mm-hmm. mean, if he's going to yeah. come back, why, you know, you, you should you should go on that ice and, you know, and do it, especially when you know you're going into All-Star break. But yeah. all that said, yeah, it's 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 almost like a free agent acquisition or a trade deadline deal yeah. getting Stephen Johnson and a healthy Stephen Johns, wow. That's going to provide both uh, offense and a, a, you know, a lot of defensive presence, like you said. Mm-hmm. Uses his body extremely well. Um, and now you got some heavies on your back line in Alexiak and Johns. Right. And, uh, you know, I mean, I know Lindell flopped last year in the playoffs, but mm-hmm. Essa can do a good job with body control. And he's very, very good, I've noticed, in the corners.
1: And I'm interested to see if, you know— how just having that experience under his belt will help him going into, the you know, hopefully the postseason this year. Because I think that that's a big, that veteran experience in in being there and playing playoff hockey. um, You know, Craig Ludwig has mentioned that to me a million times, how it's two different games. Your regular season hockey and your playoff hockey are two different games. And that veteran presence and that veteran leadership is really, really important once the postseason rolls around.
0: Yeah. Now... Uh, a few people disagree. I don't know if you do. Uh-huh. I think Klingberg is critical. Yes. A lot of people yes. have told me when I when I said to me, John Klingberg's pivotal to the offense, a lot of people mentioned Miro. And from when I watched the power play, I like seeing Klingberg more than I like seeing Miro at this point. Mm-hmm. Unless Miro is going to give me a good shot from the point. Yeah. Um, I just think Klingberg is very good at controlling the puck. Um, and I just feel as though... You know, it, you know, it's tough to say because they're both good. Mm-hmm. But I think a John Klingberg with another 15 games under his belt, you know, playing at a high level, we forget that he just came back from injury yeah. and just, you know, really hasn't been fully healthy through the season. Mm-hmm. So um, I think a healthy John Klingberg would certainly help. Yeah, 100%. And I think just going to that point on
1: Klingberg and Miro, I think that that's that, you know, Klingberg having the veteran, you know, being in the league more longer than Miro is has been. You know, like I think he's just a smarter player. Like at this point, you yeah. know, I think that Miro will grow into that player. But wait, Miro's like twenty years old. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I I I certainly want him running that. You know, running the power play just as you mentioned, and kind of the way that he orchestrates it and quarterbacks it is. You can just tell he's been doing this for a lot longer than Miro has. Yeah. And yeah. so he can he can kind of tell he knows what the team needs. He'll put a puck on the net when, you know, when things, they can't get a, a power play set up or something like that.
0: If I'm the stars, and Rick Bonuses has mentioned this in a few press conferences, mm-hmm. my game plan coming out of the break is shoot the puck. Yes. And it's like simple. Like, you know, hockey's one of those games where it's like, yeah, we just got to put more pucks on the net, or yeah, we just got to get in front of the goalie. But... At times, we that make advice, it sound so easy. You do make it sound yeah. so easy, you know? And just shoot it, dude. Yeah, yeah. You know, I remember when I was an analyst for the Houston Aeros, that was one uh-huh. of the things I'd say going into the third period when they asked me, What do they need to do? I, they need to put more pucks on the net, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. create some traffic. And, yeah. you know, but I really did mean it. And it's like, it's simplified, but it's true. Right. I mean, you, you have to get into those dirty spaces in front of the net. And it, I, I'm kind of tired of that extra pass that the stars make. You know, every oh, goal I've doesn't have to. Than. Yeah, every goal doesn't have to be fancy. Throw a slap shot on net. Yeah, the goalie can't control it, so it forces a rebound, uh-huh. and you're there to clean it up. And I think that's one thing that
1: frustrates me. Going back to the top line about that Ben Sagan Radulov line is, I think when the three of them are together, instead of just hey, like put your head down, just drive the net and put pucks on on the net. I think they try to get too cute with what they're doing sometimes. Yeah, I absolutely agree. You know, and it's because they have so much talent. Right. And I think that they just work too hard. Like, they they overcomplicate things.
0: Yeah, if you're going to put, if you're on the power play, if you're going to put Sagan on the left side mm-hmm. for that one-timer, yeah. what's wrong with trying Gurionov on the right side? Right. Now, if I'm, yeah. you know, my four guys, which one am I going to defend? Because they both have really good one-timers. I, I mean...
1: I would definitely uh, defend Sagan and make Guryanov earn it,
0: right? Yeah, but when you – yeah, you're absolutely – when you Mm hyper-focus on the penalty kill for other teams, you see how aggressive they are as far as coming out to the point point. Oh, and how aggressive they are as far as going out to the puck handlers because they're trying to put the pressure so they can't get to Sagan because they absolutely know the puck is going that way. Right, right, right. So when you look at, like, the Capitals' power play, Mm -hmm. yeah, you know, you have – you have a Vechkin. and we all know the puck's going to a Vechkin. But oh, yeah, TJ Oshie might be out there, or Carlson's out there. Backstrom. Yeah, Backstrom's out there. Yeah, You know, there are players where it's like, whoa. Mm-hmm. You know, watch when Tampa comes You're to not town. Not even
1: talking about Kuznetsov.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Gosh. Exactly. It's more than Stamkos when Tampa comes to town. Yeah. So, I mean, that's an adjustment I'd like them to make. You know, I want to see the stars give me 40 shots on net, but. You know, give me 26 high-quality chances, not just a wrist shot that the goalie covers up because you want the face-off in the zone. Yeah. No, I—and once again, we're just kind of making it sound so easy. <laughs> I know, I know, I
1: know, Hey, just get 26 scoring opportunities real quick.
0: I know. If the players were listening to this, they'd be like, who are these hey, chumps? Yeah, right. But, you know, at the same time, it's like, I don't know. I mean, it's like weird because, like, you say it, and then you listen to the post-game— and bonus says, and they it. say it, right? And they say it exactly. So it's like, okay, why isn't this getting through to the players? Yeah,
1: no, I uh, I hundred percent agree. Um, you know that that's kind of how things should, how how things should shake out for the for the Dallas Stars. Like, and I think that's something that we've covered since the beginning of the podcast is the team's knack just to, just to overcomplicate things. You know? Yeah, and sometimes, like you like to say all the time, you get back to the basics.
0: Get yeah. back to the basics and beat a team at what you're good at. Are you a speed team? Are you a physical team? Like, what's your theme? Yeah. What is their identity? I, I don't know. I think their identity, their identity right now is defensive hockey and really good goaltending and streaky scoring. Streaky scoring. Yeah. So that would be my theme for the Dallas Stars. That's not a very simplified uh, identity <laughs> that we just came up with. No, no. But it, that's <laughs> what their identity is. That's what they is. are. Yeah. Defensive hockey yeah. and stellar goaltending. Yeah. No. I- I think uh,
1: I think I think you nailed it there. So I think we're in agreement here that uh, they should go for a forward at the trade deadline. I, I think so too. Now, and, who they go and get and how they
0: make it work with the salary cap. Yeah, exactly. that's my problem is I don't know what they're going to be able to do there. It'll be interesting to see. I believe they can still use Hansel's contract. Um, I. So if a team just wants to eat a bunch of salary. Well, no, I want to get confirmation, but I believe they have not used his long-term injury salary yet. Okay. So if we get confirmation on that, that will open up a few million dollars. Okay. So uh, when I was looking at cap friendly, that's what I saw. Um, but you're right; they are up against the cap so bad. So, you know, who can you get, and who can make that great of an impact, and what are you willing to give up?
1: All right, now let's uh, real quick before we hit the
0: uh, hockey hawk top five. Do you have anything else for the stars that you want to hit before we move on? I mean, I got mixed emotions about the second half. I want them to do well. But I I will tell you, Mm -hmm. I was in the hallways. And, you know, I know I'm a radical hockey guy. But I was saying, go get Gerard Gallant. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought the firing was awful. Yeah, what was that? I mean, when we had... The, the week before he was fired, I had Vegas in my top five, and they were on top of the Pacific Division, and he got fired. And they said it was all 100% performance-based. So here's a guy that was a pillar in the community for the short time that Vegas has had a team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, great guy. Team liked him a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, is there that much pressure on in Vegas already? And to perform at World that Cup. level. They were the second. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's like... It doesn't make sense. <laughs> no, it doesn't. And he took Florida. I uh, Remember the whole incident yes. where everyone said he was on the side of the road? You know, they just yeah. left him on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but he took Florida and was a playoff contender with Florida before he got let go there and then on to Vegas and took him to the Stanley Cup. So, yes. And did um, you see uh,
1: what... You know, we talked about well, what they do at midseason. Did you see Jim Nill, what he said coming out? He's like, well... Hey, we've been interested in this guy for a while. Obviously, we planned on having our interim head coach. Yeah, I mean, if they if they continue to struggle out of the out of the All Star break, I mean, is you think there'd be a likelihood that maybe they hire him mid season? Say, all right, appreciate your bonus. You stepped in nicely. You filled in admirably. We're gonna move you back to you know in charge of the penalty kill and the the defense and. We're going to bring Gallant in.
0: I think if they lose to Tampa, lose to Toronto, go to New York, and maybe lose two out of three or all three, then I could definitely see it. Uh, There is a relationship, for those of you that don't know. uh, Gallant uh, played parts of three seasons with Jim Nill Mm. uh, on the Detroit Red Wings. So there's a familiarity between the two. Um, I feel like the
1: Stars have been linked forever.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because of that. yeah. I was a big proponent of him last time, Mm -hmm. Um, so we'll see. It's good to see a guy like that out there, Um, but to me, it's like, you know, if I'm Rick Bonus, i got to figure out a way to fire up this team. And then the question becomes, is it the coaches or is it the players? Because if they don't make the playoffs this year, I'm beginning to wonder if it's the coaches. I'll just say that. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm beginning to wonder if you have the guys that, I think everyone wants to make the playoffs, but. Right. But I think you would have to point the finger at the
1: players at this point. I do. Considering the revolving door of head coaches that have been through this organization,
0: the core has been the one thing that's remained the same. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So, uh, second half's going to be interesting. But like I said, third place in the Central, I'll take it right now. Oh, 100%. 100%. Now, real quick, before we uh, hit the Hockey
1: Hawks, Top 5 NHL Power Rankings. We do want to hit this tweet from one at Jared Sandler. Never heard of him. Yeah, me neither. What's this guy's deal? (laughs) He says, (laughs) missing hockey, so I'm just curious. Out of the break, what are your ideal top two line combinations? Also, are there any guys on the cheap who could be valuable playoff additions? I assume they don't have assets slash money to do anything like last year. So last year, obviously, the Matt Zuccarello trade, I I mean, unless they shake up this core, you know, and they trade somebody that we just did not see coming, um, I don't know if they'd be able to go after a guy like Chris Kreider who's on the market. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, I <laughs> Well, you can't trade unless you get their permission. Ben Sagan, Radulov. Okay. Um, they're on no trade clauses, so they'd have to say yes. Um I don't think any of them would say yes. I don't think anyone will say yes. I also think Joe Pavelski is on that. I think so, too. So that takes out Pavelski. Because I thought maybe that would be a guy that
1: they would try to trade. Like Out of all the big salary guys, wouldn't Joe Pavelski be the guy that would make the
0: most sense to try to get rid of? He has not, as of yet, really developed in this system like he did in San Jose. And you wonder, is it the age or is it just... A situation, yeah. Um, So I'm, you know, I'm actually looking as we talk about uh, Pavelski's contract situation, and it's, uh, yeah, seven million with a no movement clause. Yeah. So so then that's Ben Sagan, Radulov, and Pavelski with no movement clauses. So then you get into, are you going to move Rope Hintz, who's a restricted free agent at the end of the season? No. Nope. Am I going to move Dennis Guriano? No. Nope. Not after what he showed me. Mm-mm. So who can I move and what can I get back? I personally feel as though... Foxa? Dickinson? I think you could move Jason Dickinson. Yeah. And I, I think, think that'd be a would, viable piece. Yeah. I think, I think a team would like that, but you'd have to pair him with a draft pick or something like that. Or Ettinger. Yeah. Your most valuable asset is your first round draft pick. Yeah more than any player, that's what teams covet because they love that salary cap slot. They love getting young players. And one thing that I love about dealing
1: draft picks in the NHL is you can make them conditional draft picks. So it's like, hey, if you make this trade and the Dallas Stars make the Western Conference Finals, this second round pick now becomes a first because clearly the trade worked and the player has to play in like 60% of the games or whatever. They typically have that caveat just in case you know, Zuccarello or somebody, if they trade for this year, if he gets hurt in game number one with his new team like last year and it's more severe than it was and, you know, you don't actually end up using that player in in, uh, your advancement, you know, in your postseason success. Yeah. That's a way to kind of guard yourself uh, in that instance. So, uh, yeah, I think Dickinson, Yanmark maybe, uh, Foxa and a pick might be able to get him something.
0: Yeah, I mean... But then you're... Yeah, really opening up
1: your team there.
0: Yeah, I, if if I'm in opposing GM Shippy, yeah, I'm looking at more a tie deal, tie Delandria, right? Um, I'm looking at a Jake Ettinger, and they
1: would that the stars would have to deal from their farm system, a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. They wouldn't be. Able I to mean, I'm, I'm talking kids
0: that are in the juniors right yeah. now. Yeah, that that's who I, that's who I'm looking at. Um, you know, a Riley Tuft who came out of college last year hasn't developed yet in the AHL, so I don't think that. He could be a piece, but really I'm looking at a first round pick and then a couple of other things. If I want that upper tier trade deadline deal, that's, that's what's, that's what it's going to take. But they have limited ability. And then as you talk about with the salary, so it's going to be tough fitting a Tyler to Foley. Um, You know, one guy that we have talked about is Blake Coleman. But once again, why would New Jersey give him up? I don't think they would ever he makes, do that. Yeah, $1.8 and he has uh, one year left on his contract. And they've already gone through enough this season. I don't like understand. Like the fan base, you know? He's 27 years old, something like that. Like, why would you trade Blake Coleman? Yeah. Like, I don't think what you get back is as valuable as Blake Coleman. Yeah. And then let's go ahead and hit the—we kind
1: of touched on this earlier, but the top two line combinations— uh, that's another thing that Jared asked about. We kind of mentioned, you know, we already talked about breaking up, you know, Ben Sagan and Radulov. I, like I said earlier, I really like a guy like Jake, Jason Dickinson or Justin Dowling. One of those, like, kind of grittier players on that line. Because um, I think that also opens up Jamie Ben, Yeah. And his, you know, he doesn't have to be that that gritty player on that line anymore. He can yeah. still do it, but it's more of a complimentary role in, in terms of that style of play, rather than him taking on the brunt of every you know opposing team's top defensive pair.
0: So I might see a situation, it would be kind of interesting to see either Rope Hintz and Dennis Gurianov with Tyler Sagan, or Golly. hintz Gurianov with Radulov, and you move Hints back to his natural position that he grew up in in center. Yeah. So those to me are interesting combinations. I like
1: that idea of hints, Guryanov and Sagan. Yeah.
0: Now the common component is hints and Guryanov. Right. I really don't know. They gotta lo- keep them together. They gotta keep them together. Yeah. And the other night, like separating them, like I just don't understand it. Appreciate you, Joel Carvanta, but five games, no goals, no points, and he gets put on the second line yeah. because he's working hard. Yeah. I'm sorry, that's a bad I mean, I was at the game and I was like, he's not gonna do anything tonight. Right. And he didn't do anything. And who was trying to score? Guriana from your fourth line. Yeah. So, I mean, to me, it's like, I understand Dennis is going to have his bad games. He's going to be a liability on defense every once in a while. That's what happens with young players. We see it with Luka Doncic. Yeah. Like, are we asking Luka to be like a defensive stalwart? No. No. And that's why I think maybe the bonus system might get old after a while. Right now, they're buying into it. You know, Sagan had a quote the other day, I'll trade points for wins. Right. How long does that last if the wins don't come? And like as much as he can say that, you know it's it,
1: it weighs on them. It's a burden to Tyler Sagan when he goes 10 games with no points. Or you know, he goes he gets on a whatever 5 game goalless streak. You know, this is a dude who's used to filling it up. Yeah. You know, he's used to scoring a lot of goals. Yeah. And especially when you come from a system like Lindy Ruff's before this, I mean, this these are polar opposite systems, you know, and I'm not saying that the Lindy Ruff one is the one is the way to go, but I think some sort of balance in the middle, you know, and and he even he he mentioned earlier he's like, hey, you gotta ask the coaching staff about the style. I'm just a player in the style. I'm doing what I'm told. I'm right. taking care of my responsibilities, and he's right. Yeah. He's right. And that's why I guess going back to the whole, hey, do you put the the finger on the players or the coaches? You know, that lends credence towards, hey, it's the coach's fault, but they've played in these different systems, and the right. one common denominator is that they have not been able to get past that second round in the
0: playoffs. You absolutely, with the players' permission, if they wanted to, could move Sagan or Ben. And mm-hmm. if it doesn't work out this year, as much as I like them both, I think you have to look at that. And
1: I thought this past offseason, I did, I was curious if there would be more, you know, Tyler Sagan trade rumors. You know, but I that no trade clause makes it tough, especially makes if it's it a full. Very tough. If it's a full, not like where they have like a list of teams that you have to approve or whatever. And is
0: Tyler Sagan right now? He's an all star. Mm-hmm. I think he's a very very good player, but is he is he elite? And I think that's the question you have to ask when you look at him, Ben Radulov. Like you know, and I'm when I talk elite, and Connor McDavid gets paid a lot of money, right? But I mean, I'm looking at Connor McDavid. I'm looking at Austin Matthews. I, I'm looking, you know, at Steven Stamkos, David Pasternak, David Pasternak. That whole Bruins line, the whole Bruins, Bergeron, Marshawn. <laughs> yeah, you know. And I, it's like, <laughs> well, Gavin, they, have a, every, they have an elite yeah. line. I'm looking at Sebastian Ahu of the of the yeah. Carolina Hurricanes, um, you know, and I'm looking at uh, Brock Besser for, mm-hmm. uh, for yeah. Vancouver. Uh, you know, I'm looking at these players, and it's interesting because I'm like, all right, who would I rather have, Brock Besser or Sagan or Ben? And the fact that I have to think about it, it's like, ooh. Yeah, and
1: they're it's a little bit different just because they're at different points of their careers, yeah. too, you know? Uh, what? How old is Sagan? 26, 27, 28, something like that? Uh, I think he's, he's like late 28, 29, yeah. So, you got to... Let's see here. He is 27. Oh, wow. Okay. He, Boy, I feel oh, like he's he, been in the league. He turns 28 uh, in one week. So yeah. happy birthday one week in advance,
0: Tyler Sagan. Um, but I do feel as though for some reason, like if Sagan gets put on the right line or starts really like turning, th- it's just going to be, you know, here come the points.
1: And that's what would frustrate me is if they did trade him, if they did move him. And then all of a sudden he's on some other team and he's just back to being the Tyler Sagan that we're used to in that Lindy Ruff. We saw that with Jeff Skinner.
0: Yes. Uh, you know, he That's missed the game recently here, but I mean, gets traded to Buffalo and it's like, look out. Yeah. You know, oh, Jeff Skinner. Yep, he's back. Yeah. You know, and it's just players have down years and sometimes the system doesn't work to their favor. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, I mean, I want Tyler Sagan to be that Tyler Sagan that we love in the second. It's a huge part of that second half is Sagan and Ben and, and what they do. So, yeah, I mean, to answer Jared's question, you know, those are the lines that I would like to see. And then, uh, you know, if you need to put Jamie Ben on the third line, so be it. Um, I still think he can play on the first or second line, but his role has definitely changed. Yes. Yes, it has. Um, and he's good at that new role, by the way.
1: Yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. No. you Like, just look at the NBA, for example. The, the, the people who could jump out the gym... When they can no longer jump out the gym, they develop a great three-point shot. Vince Carter, you know, yeah. he wouldn't be in this league. I mean, he actually shot the three-ball way better than this is a no basketball podcast. But earlier in his career, he shot the three-ball way better than everybody remembers. But he settled into more of a jump shooter. Yeah, once he lost that kind of explosiveness, that athleticism, that naturally leaves you the older that you get. So there's nothing wrong with you know, like you said, taking a different role or playing a different style or not being the same player that you once were. That's just not realistic for that to happen, to be able to sustain that over a 20-year career or whatever. Yeah. So, you know, I would be interested to see if if it was asked of him to move. I guess he didn't really have a choice, but I would be interested if they would even, you know, because he's a captain. Hey, man, we're going to move you down to the third line. Is that cool with you? Phil Kessel, you know, we talked about him, brought him up earlier briefly. When he was with the Penguins, he took a, you know, he put his ego aside. He went to the third line, and they won Stanley Cups. Yeah. You know?
0: Yep. So. That's what it's what it's all about deep playoff runs and hoisting the cup. Yeah. Um I mean but you know if you, if you did put Sagan let's just say you put Sagan Hints and uh Sagan Hints and Gurionov together. Mm-hmm. And then you could put Rajiloff, Ben and Dickinson together mm-hmm. and see what that would do. Yeah. Um you know I don't I don't think Fox uh, has proven that he's a first or second line center. No, um, I think he's a defensive third line center that can score you some goals once in a while. But I mean, when you know Fox's contract's up at the end of the year, I'm not, I like Raddick Fox. It's kind of
1: disappointing the way that his career has gone
0: after a, uh, three or four years ago. The high first round draft pick should be, yeah. I mean, that should have panned out. It's panned out in that he's a good player, right? I think they expected more of an offensive skill set, and we actually kind of saw that a couple of years ago. Yeah. Especially, you know, God, that one year he had where that play where he went up against on the sideboard. Oh, he just slid. He
1: like. It's one of the yeah. great
0: plays in hockey. That was amazing. Yeah, that was amazing. So, I, why doesn't he do that more often? <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, do that more often.
1: Come on, Raddick. You think they call him Raddick? <laughs> yeah. They probably got. They probably call him like Fox Foxy. No, Foxy. <laughs> like, I don't know. He, he, he definitely has a nickname, though. Yeah. I was had to find out from somebody. All right, let's hit the uh, Hockey Hawk. Let's do this. We're gonna compare you with the ESPN power rankings here.
0: They're good. They're good.
1: So, um, we'll go and let you start with uh, your number one team at the break. Your number one team in the NHL.
0: So they're close on points, but they're not leading the league in points. But because they hoisted the uh, cup last year, St. Louis Blues. Okay. Usually, you see a downturn in a cup winner. Mm -hmm. You know, a the added pressure. B yeah, we've already been there. It'll kick in at any time, kind of thing. They have absolutely applied pressure on the rest of the league. They yeah. have not let up the gas. And oh yeah, they don't have Vladimir Tarasenko. Uh, so anyone, it's not even fair. It's not even fair. Anyone that thinks Bennington is a fluke is wrong. Mm-hmm. He's a good goaltender. He's got the perfect mindset. You know, sometimes he does get a little rattled he's and feisty. A robot. But, yeah, he's a robot, and he just comes back the next game and plays well. And you know what? Jake Allen's given them some good games, yeah. too. So I think it's a well-rounded team. I think it's a very good coach team. I think they have a style. They're heavy. They deep four check. They're great on defense. I think Colton Pareko is probably one of the more Underrated defenseman in the league. So I have St. Louis as my number one. They've just been consistent all season. And you don't really ever
1: see them get down big in any game, I feel like. Yeah. Like it's rare you look up and it's like, oh, the Blues are down 3 0. You know? Just seems like they're always able to keep it within a one or two goal game. All right. So ESPN went with the Washington Capitals as number one. Who do you have as number two? I have the
0: Washington Capitals. Okay. So
1: you guys got them flip flop. Yeah. They have the the Bruins at
0: two. And the reason I'll give away my number three, I have the Boston Bruins at number three. That's what ESPN has. Okay. Washington went into Boston and played a terrific game. Um, I watched that whole game and I just thought Washington was the better team. Uh, the interesting aspect about Washington is. Uh, is Braden Holtby going to be that goaltender for you this year, like he was? You know, kind of in the uh, in the Cup run. They do yeah. have a young goaltender though, right behind Holtby. Um, you know who's playing real well. So they definitely have that. I can't say enough. They're good on defense, uh, and you know their scoring is top notch. Mm-hmm. I thought they were going to take a step back with Barry Trotz's departure, but they haven't. Um, and I just think consistently night after night, they're a great team. Uh, boy, a St. Louis Washington uh, Stanley Cup finals, if the stars weren't in it, uh, would be special to watch. Well, we need, we need the stars in it for sure. Yeah. So the Bruins at number three, um, and it all comes down to David Pasternak, um, who's vying for an MVP title. Mm-hmm. Um, he's special, you know, if he doesn't get the goal scoring um, title. Um, he's special on the line with uh, Marchant, and then you have Bergeron who can score, but also is one of the better defensive forwards in the league. He's
1: always in the running for the Selkie.
0: He's always in the running for the Which is the best defensive forward, if you're unaware. Just consistently is going to shut down someone else on that team. People make fun of Zidane Ochara. He doesn't have it anymore. Well, you know what? I watch Zidane Ochara, and even if he's on my bottom six as far as D-men, still a pretty good D-man.
1: yeah. You yeah. Know, and, so he's it,
0: just he's just consistently good. I like Tori Krug. I think they are a little small on defense. You know they don't have the boy checks of old or anything right. like that. So I might see them bulking up around trade deadline time. Um, you know, do the, also they have the scoring? Do they have that second third line? Uh, you know, is David Krejci going to come alive in the second half? So there are a bunch of question marks. David
1: Backus, another question mark.
0: Yeah, so David Backus um, last week mm-hmm. uh, was basically put on conditional waivers mm-hmm. um, for the intention to send him down to Providence in the AHL. God. And that's a heavy price tag to have in your <laughs> AHL. Six million per season. So six million per season. And that's the problem because it's not just six million. If it was six million this season and then he became a UFA. I think he would be trade bait and or I think a team would pick him up to alleviate cap space for the Bruins. Mm -hmm. Uh, That might still happen. Um, I think David Backus can still be a serviceable fourth line uh, player. He's tough. He gets in front of the net. Uh, I liked his game a lot in St. Louis. Something happened in Boston and he's just not the same player. Uh, So, you know, will David Backus be able to you know, or is this the end of David Backus? Yeah, that's the question that a team has to answer. You know, is it a Boston thing, or is it David Backus getting old kind of thing? Kind of similar to what we said about Jason Spezza here, and he's now playing in Toronto on a regular basis.
1: Yeah, playing really well too. He's
0: playing really well. All right, number four, we got the. Wait, who do you have actually? <laughs> oh, and number you're four, making me uh, go back to my. <laughs> Sorry, notes, you caught me by surprise. Uh, at number 4, I have the Tampa Bay Lightning just because I feel as though they're the hottest or one of the hottest teams in the NHL. Mm-hmm. They don't have as many points as some of the other teams, but, you know, I think the way they're playing right now, they're back to where they were last year. They're just catching up. And that's the thing that, if you think about the Lightning, they if they know better
1: than anybody, it's all about peaking at the right time. Yeah, yeah. You know, so... Yeah. The fact that they kind of just, you know, waded through the struggles and now they're starting to come to life. Um, I think that they, that's a lesson that they kind of like were able to teach themselves uh, just
0: from past playoff experiences. Yeah, they're a plus 38 goal differential. Ugh, um, and it's just, it's one of those things. Like I said, you can look at their record. You know, you could look at their points and say, you know. Uh, are stars you, what, are only plus five. Yeah, what are you doing, Hawk? They're second in the Atlantic. Well, they're a pretty good second. And by the way little gloating. Because mm-hmm. people are going after me on Twitter. I said, the team to watch is the Florida Panthers this year as a potential playoff team. And the Florida Panthers find themselves in third in the Atlantic. So, kudos to Joel Quenville. Yeah, Great offensive uh, additions. Goaltending is everything. Sergey Bobrovsky. Anytime you have him in net, you have a chance. So, it will be good to see that area see playoff hockey again.
1: All right, so they at ESPN had the Pittsburgh
0: Penguins at number 4. Who do you have at number 5? Number 5, Shippy, I am actually going to introduce you to a new team called the Vancouver Canucks. Oh. Just because I love putting hot teams in my top 5. Yeah. Where does ESPN have them? They have them at 12. Oh my goodness. Yeah. They have them at 12. I don't know how you can be 12 and leading a division. I
1: think it's because well, it looks like they they look at the like Points pace, and it kind of looks like they kind of power rank it based off of that. You know, so they, yeah, while, you, have... while you're while your top five is more current, yeah, in terms of how, who's trending right now, yeah, exactly. who's trending up, who's trending yeah. down.
0: And I could see that because you're looking at Pittsburgh at 67 points, the Islanders at 63, and Vancouver has 58.
1: They've got the Avalanche at six, yeah, the Islanders at seven, they got the
0: Hurricanes at eight, and then your Dallas Stars at number nine. Okay. All right, number nine, not bad, not bad. No, no, number nine, you know, hey, Pittsburgh always gets it done. Crosby's back from that sports hernia, and anytime Crosby's on the ice, wow. Um, you know, the question is, is can Matt Murray play um, back to his Stanley Cup winning days? Um, I think he's a good goaltender, and Jim Rutherford always makes great trade deadline deals. Yeah, he went into the Hockey Hall of Fame recently. And there's for good reason. He did it in Carolina. He's doing it in Pittsburgh. And ESPN's given him major
1: props for getting John Marino from the Oilers for a six-round pick. Yeah, he's been a you know, he's been on their blue line, and he seems like he's really thriving. Yeah, you know, he's 22 years old. Um, for a six-round pick.
0: And, and what he does too is he knows the value of a like you know he he says okay you know. This guy, if I pull a six round pick out of there, I'm going to get much more than a right. six round pick work right. and he did that with Jamie Alexiak and yep. you know, when it he was did. time, he said, okay Jamie, time to go back to the stars <laughs> So you know which kind of nullified the trade yeah and we see the player Jamie Alexiak you know came back as the bottom line is is that's one of the best rooms in the hockey in hockey uh, as far as temperament and it starts with Sidney Crosby. Yeah we forget about how good he is. I mean, we really do. We talk about Ovechkin, we talk about McDavid, and we tend not to put Sidney Crosby in. But I mean, he's top 10 all-time, definitely. Mm. Top 5? Yeah. He's in my top 5. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. All
1: right, so you got anything else you want to hit before we... Before we take off and uh, go watch this All-Star weekend?
0: Okay, so we we talk about value, and some Stars fans might have missed the Buffalo Sabres last week mm-hmm. at the AAC. If you're a Stars fan and you've never gone to a game, look at the standings, email or tweet Chippy and I, yeah. or direct message us, and ask us about some of these teams. Yeah, we'll find you a fun game. Yeah. The Tampa Bay Lightning come into town. That is a great team. Watch. Do not... That'll be a fun game. ...go after Maple Leaf tickets. They will be overpriced because they're an original six team. They're playing well. And Torontonians and Canadians... All across DFW, circle that game as a game to go to. Yeah. So if you can go, that's great. If you're a season ticket holder, great and everything. But what I'm saying is is definitely check out the Dallas Stars. Support them. But look at the value. Look at a Carolina Hurricanes coming in and some of the talent they have because you're going to see some of the top players in the NHL and you're going to get really good value on your tickets.
1: Yeah. I think uh, I actually was about to bring up that Hurricanes game as well, the 11th. Man, February eleventh, little early Valentine's Day gift.
0: A H yeah. O, three letters. Give yep. me Sebastian Aho. He is special, and I mean we didn't even talk. There's just so many things to talk about. Gosh, always. But, is. But I mean, you look at that guy, and he's a restricted free agent, and the unwritten rule in the NHL for years is is you don't you leave him alone. You leave him alone. You don't put an offer in. Yep. Well, then all of a sudden Montreal makes this offer, and I look at the offer, and I'm like, well, Carolina's going to eat that up. That's mm-hmm. lower than they probably had to give them. Yeah. So they match, and now Sebastian Ahu's under a multi-year contract. It was a great deal for the Carolina Hurricanes. I don't blame Montreal for doing it. No, not at all. But at the same time, it's like, I'm surprised Ahu accepted that deal.
1: Yeah. All right, well, that'll do it for uh, the Sweaters Forever podcast. Once again, it's brought to you by Chalk Talk Casino and Resort. Welcome to Choctaw Casino and Resort Durant, the ultimate destination for exciting gaming and live entertainment, exclusively for everyone. Thanks to them for sponsoring this podcast. Yeah, if you're heading up to Choctaw,
0: what uh, Shippy and I want you to do is take a picture up there and send it our way and say, you know, you're supporting Choctaw because of the Sweaters Forever podcast. It goes a long way in growing the great sport and... You know how this all came about is Choctaw said, hey, we want to support hockey and DFW. Yeah. And we said as a radio station, all right, cool. Well, we want to put together a cool podcast. And they said in. So that's the true story of how Choctaw and Sweaters Forever came together. So if you can help us out, if you happen to be heading up that way. You know, take a picture or tweet at us heading to Choctaw because of you guys. Yeah. Won some money at Choctaw. We love retweeting that stuff. So special thanks to Choctaw. Uh it's awesome that you came on board and supporting hockey here in DFW.
1: And thank you to all the uh, loyal tolos and listeners out there who subscribe and, you know, rate this podcast five stars. And tell their tell your friends about it. Yeah. You know? We'll uh, we try to teach you guys whatever we can. Every single time we do one of these, my, we
0: we had we had a tolo that said, "I love your podcast. I listen every week. I was going to refer it to my uh, friend, but he's a big Nashville fan, and you made fun of him." Yeah,
1: <laughs> he, he tweeted me. Yeah. Actually, I
0: just retweeted. He was like, "Well,
1: I was going to listen to this podcast, but then Shippy had to throw some shade at Nashville. <laughs> hey, it's a rival, okay? Yeah, it's a rival. But Get him,
0: Shippy. Hey. Shippy. Hey, you know what?" Shippy doesn't mind dropping the mitts. No, I'll Let's drop them. us be honest. Him. I'll drop them. will drop the mitts because of his passion for hockey and this sure local will. team. Sure I'll will. drop the mitts, too. We're yeah. basically third or fourth liners. Yeah. You know, we're not going to be your top scorers. No, no, no. But you know what? We'll get the team going. We'll get some stick taps if we drop yeah. the mitts. Yeah. Yeah.
1: 100%. So, yeah. If you uh, got a problem with our national hate, you can come up here. To the station, and we can drop the mitts. <laughs> oh, that might be a little bit. Oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> you can come out to the station, and we won't drop the mitts. Yeah, but you can hang you can with us. We can hang out. And, yeah, and yeah, watch yeah, that's the yeah. That's cool.
0: That's okay. cool.
1: All right. Hey, thanks, you guys, for, uh, for listening and rating it. Download the podcast. Tell your friends about it. Uh, for Gavin Spittle, the Hockey Hawk, at GJ Spittle on Twitter, I'm Shippy, at Shippy Fun Sports on Twitter. Thank you guys so much for checking this episode out. Until next time, we love you.